Our Heavenly Father, we come before you to study your word in a moment. We ask that you bless this study and give eyes and ears to the people that are here. And we ask this all in the name of your wonderful Yeshua HaMashiach. Amen. Amen. Well, I, uh, I need to make a, uh, um, a preamble, a long preamble, uh, before we get started. I wasn't here, and I'm not positive of all that was covered. So, Michael, if you um, give me your, your uh, chesed, um, I, I wanted to start and review some things that perhaps we covered last time, so if this is review, uh, please don't throw anything at me, and furthermore, I'm convinced that, uh, does everybody have notes? Okay, um, I'm convinced that review, uh, repetition, let me see if I can... I I, uh, I came down from Estes and I think I, I still have a altitude adjustment issues. <laughs> All right. Um, as as we did with um, Galatians, we're taking our sweet time in going through these chapters in Romans for for a variety of reasons. Um, first of all, that a lot of people break their teeth. On, uh, on these chapters in Romans because they're not, they're not simple. It's not like opening one of the stories of the Bible and reading through the stories of the Bible and etc. Uh, Paul, Shaul, um, Hashaliach, the, the emissary, um, writes like a rabbi and we're not used to thinking uh, in that in that frame of mind, uh, again, remember that a lot of what Paul states here uh, were given as responses to people's arguments that he had heard over and over and over and over again. So that's part of the picture. Um, also, part of the picture for us is that many of us come from a background that is. Um, there are a couple of good seats right here. Um, many, many of us come from a background where the perspective on Romans is significantly different. Uh, you may or may not know that somewhere about, I think, about 60-65% or more uh, of the body of believers, the worldwide community of, of uh, followers of Yeshua, the church, um, are convinced that God has finished with Israel. That means, folks, that the majority of people that you've been around in your growing spiritually are people who emphasize the fact that anytime you see the word Israel, you put the word church in there. And I've actually seen commentaries that do that. Uh, major commentaries. And so we, we are, in a sense, um, in some ways we're needing to unlearn some things that we've learned in the past. And that's always a challenge. Um, and reality is that what we're reading is not simple. And of course, we always need the Spirit of God, the Ruach, who leads us into all truth to instruct us. And so what, what we want to be able to do is understand cognitively in our minds, but also be able to take and apply it spiritually to our life, because that's what we want to do with all of the Word of God, right? Amen. Well, anybody? Amen. Amen. Thank you. <laughs> Because we want to read and study the Word of God, we want to apply it, and we want to be transformed into greater maturity as followers of Yeshua. Right? Yes. Amen. 
Not sure. I'll give you a preacher, brother, next. Yeah, all right. No, folks, that that's... By the way, I, I know Michael, Rabbi David, and I, we pray regularly each before we come and share the Word of God. Not that we would be able to be all slick and cute and wonderful, but that God would speak, that people would hear and apply, and that uh, we would all grow into maturity in the Lord. Otherwise, we're just blabbing and hearing, going in, out, in and out. Uh, we want to be able to become more and more mature men and women of God. Achim v'achayot. Amen. Right? Yes. Okay. Long preamble. Um, so, uh, I want to go over some things that we may have covered. Again, if, if we have, uh, again, please bear with me. Um, the middle of chapter 2 of Romans, uh, and I, I want to pick up kind of go backwards um, that's because I learned to read from right to left <laughs> um, so verse 28 of, of Romans uh, chapter 2 a man is not a Jew if he has uh, if he is one outwardly only nor is circumcision merely outward and physical nor a man is a Jew if he is one Inwardly, and circumcision is circumcision of the heart by the spirit, not by the written code. Now, by the way, you may see some significant bias in, in how this is translated. Uh, the word written code, doesn't that give you warm fuzzies? Right? No, it doesn't give you warm fuzzies. You kind of feel like this is referring to the American Constitution or the Code of Hammurabi. The Code of Hammurabi was a Babylonian code that was pretty severe and sort of like the Saudi Arabian kind of code. And so to translate the Word of God as a code of, of law uh, kind of gives you a wrong sense, doesn't it? Uh, by the way, the Greek word there just means things that are written. doesn't say anything about a code of law. Again, this is part of the bias that, that uh, we often pick up as we go along in our relationship with the Lord. So, um, why does Paul say that a person is only a Jew if they're Jew spiritually? What exactly does, does that mean? And Michael, please bear with me if we covered some of this. But the statement can, can mean several things. Uh, a person is only a Jew can mean what? No, you over there. Oh, me, yeah. Can you repeat the question again? Yes. <laughs> You're in the hot seat, sir. Yeah, I am. <laughs> so... Well, I think that Paul means that to be a Jew, you have to be a Jew spiritually because uh, I mean, be a Jew for blood. It don't means that you are follow the law or you're not entirely giving your heart to to God and circumcise your heart to God. Uh, so you have to make a change, a spiritually change, in order to uh, to be a Jew. That's, I mean, it's not just a. So who is a Jew? And, and please, I realize that there are a thousand different opinions. Um, the rabbis don't agree, and so you know, if the rabbis don't agree, I'm not sure we're going to have perfect agreement tonight, but. Uh, to the extent that we can, we want to see what, what Scripture says. Uh, yeah, Hermano. Oh, well, uh, just going back to the covenant with Abraham, uh, the Lord made Abraham to be circumcised, and because he got into the written law covenant, 
all his descendants have to go through the Brit Milah. When they went out of Egypt, they, they get the Mount Sinai, they received the Torah. So that particular group, the sons of Abraham, have received another Mosaic, the Mosaic Covenant. So they expect to observe what the Lord have instructed them, that they their people. So if they do not do that, they're going to just going to be like the rest of the creation, even if they got circumcised. They like people that has no God. Okay. Can I tell you what I think? Yes, ma'am. Um, I think it to me it's always meant, uh, and I know some people don't like the word religion. Being a Jew is a type of faith, not a nationality. You can be an Israelite or whatever and not be a Jew. Uh, That's what I think. Okay. <laughs> so we're coming to two terms here, Israelite and a Jew, okay? This is getting exciting here. Um. <laughs> so you wrote down so far spiritual, physical. What about ethnicity, Burger? Ethnicity. Well, ethnicity uh, typically goes in here under physical. Very physical. Yeah. Um, because you, you have folks who are Germans, you have folks who are Koreans, you have folks who are Jews. Um, my case, I'm Jewish, both in my father and my mother's side. Um, my mother's side, way, way, way back. My father's side also. So uh, ethnicity, obviously, you're talking about physical. You talk about genes being transmitted okay. from father to son and 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 mother to to daughter, mother, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So um, so we have both of these here. Now, is Paul saying, all right, let, let me backtrack here for a minute. Um, remember that when you interpret Scripture, a major need is to understand the context. Okay, what is the statement saying, and what is it saying in the, in the context? In other words, in the flow of what's going on. Are so, you talking to Jews, so... That's, that's the content. Okay, verse 17. Let's look at verse 17 here. And Willie, would you read that for us, please? Yes. Now you, if you call yourself a Jew, if you rely on the law and boast in God. Uh, go on to verse 18. If you know his will and approve of what is superior, because you are instructed by the law. Keep going. Yeah. If you are convinced that you are a guide for the blind, a light for those who are in the dark, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of, of little children, because you have in the law the embodiment of knowledge and truth, you then who teach, who teach others, do you not teach yourself? And, and go down to verse 24. All the way down or just skip to it? Um, all, all the way to Okay. Yeah. You who say that people should not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? You who have poor idols, do you rob temples? You who boast in the law, do you dishonor God by breaking the law? As it is written, God's name is blaspheme among the Gentiles because of you. Okay. Uh, please come in, sir. Hi. Sorry, I'm a little late. That's all right. Um, do we have extra notes to give the gentleman here? So, um, let's see if we can break down the argument. Okay, first of all, Paul is saying, you who call yourself a Jew, so he is referring to Jews. Jews. And, and in case you had doubts about that, 
you know, this kind of Meshuggi uh, world that we live in, you know, I can say, uh, I'm a French woman, and you would have to, <laughs> you know, you would have to, you would have to agree. So, uh, Paul is living in the first century, he's not living in the 21st century. So, someone who calls himself a, a Jew is obviously someone who is a Jew. Jew. Thank you. Um, and specifically in verse 24, where it says, God's name is being blasphemed because uh, among the Gentiles because of idiots like you. So he, he has to be, this is confirmation of the fact that he's speaking to someone who's Jewish. And it's basically saying to them, okay, uh, you call yourself a Jew, that's awesome. You say that you've been circumcised, that's also wonderful. By the way, Paul never, 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 never puts down circumcision. He only puts down circumcision if people use it for the wrong reasons. Uh, but remember, what was circumcision about? Covenant. Ricardo. It was uh, in Genesis 17 when God gave him the sign. That there was a sign of the covenant that he had between uh, Abraham and uh, and uh, God, pretty much about. Here, I'll read it right here. I, I was just reading it when we were talking about it. That's fine. Genesis 17, verse 9 yep. uh, to 14. Yeah. Yep. That's where I was reading that right here. You want me to read it out? Oh, go ahead. And God said to Abraham, As for you, you shall keep my covenant, and you and your offspring after you throughout the gener their generations. This is my covenant which you shall keep between me and you and your offsprings after you. Every male among you shall be circumcised. You shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskin, and it shall be a sign of a covenant between me and you. You want me to keep going? Um, or that's good. Uh, 14, yeah. 14? Okay, sorry. Uh, he who is eight days old, uh, among you shall be circumcised. Every male throughout your generations, whether born in your house or bought with your money from any foreigner who is not of your offspring, uh, both he who is born in your house and he who is bought with your money shall surely be circumcised. So shall my covenant be in your flesh an everlasting covenant. Ah, did you catch that? Now, the last phrase is Brit Olam. Okay? Brit is uh, covenant, Olam is um, etern eternity, uh, everlasting in perpetuity, etc., etc. So, um, does Paul have a reason to put down circumcision? Obviously not, because this is something that was God-given to Abraham and Abraham's physical descendants as a sign of the eternal covenant, uh, something very precious. Um, the only time there is, a, in Galatians and also here, when circumcision is put down is when people use it as a means of exalting themselves without uh, being willing to pay the price of a commitment to God spiritually. Now, by the way, uh, Israelite and Jew are synonymous. There's no such thing as saying, I'm an Israelite and he's a Jew, or he's a Jew and I'm an Israelite. It, you know, it's six and one half dozen of the other. Hi. Israelite, hang on a second. Israelite is based on, on Israel... Jacob, uh, who was Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, okay, and Jew comes from Yehuda, um, Judah, Yehuda, um, one of one of Jacob's uh, sons, and also uh, from from the time of um, Esther. Uh, the descendants of Israel were called Jews. So you read the book of Esther, which is 
uh, about 2,500 years ago, and it refers to the Jews, the Jews, the Jews, the Jews, not Israelites. Earlier, it speaks about the Israelites and the Hebrews, but it's all interchangeable. Okay. I was just saying, um, I think possibly something to make that confused is the modern day term is not Israelite, it's Israeli. And you do have um, those that call themselves Arab Israelis and those who call themselves Jewish Israelis. And I don't know if that's confusing to some people, so they think that you can be an Israelite without being Jewish. Just, uh, just a thought. Uh, well, and I think what Connie was saying was that Israel, like, can be an ethnicity, whereas she thought Jew was quote faith. Uh, again, yes and no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Sorry, you, 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 I'm trying to make it simple. You, you, want, so you want a nice, clear, clean answer. Um, <laughs> um, again. It is ethnicity because it goes back to Judah, who was one of Jacob's physical sons. And so it, it so happens that with the ethnic group, a religion or faith has been associated. However, there are tons of Jewish people today who are not Jewish religiously. I mean, Boulder, there's Boo Jews and etc., etc. I'm serious. Yeah, there's a community of Jews who are Buddhists in, in Boulder. Well, all right. Uh, I, uh, I, I will not extrapolate on that. Um, so, again, this is in-house criticism. Okay, Paul is speaking to fellow Jews and, and saying to them, you think you're hot stuff. And let me tell you how you're not. And, and, and this is... Paul is an equal opportunity abuser in a sense that in, in Romans 1, 2, and 3 he makes sure that every single, every single group of people understands that they don't cut it. That God's standards are over here and they are not able to, to meet God's standards. So he talks to, earlier in chapter 2, he talks to those who don't have God's law, God's Torah, but yet operate according to sort of an inner inner uh, conscience that says this is right, this is wrong. And as you know from culture to culture, there are uh, lots of instances where there are uh, taboos when you go from one culture to the other. How do people know that? Well, there's something inside in their conscience that says this is wrong, this is right. Uh, uh, Pedophilia, for example, is, is a fairly universal kind of taboo. So, uh, Paul especially wants to communicate to Jewish people here in this section that it is not sufficient to, to, to be physically part of Israel. And, again, part of the picture here um, is that uh, Jew... Uh, Yehudi from Judah if you remember uh, Leah gave her son that name because she said what? I will praise God I will praise God therefore Ode Ode is I will praise God and Yehuda is is his name. So you can see the connection. Yes, somebody. Okay, uh, Ellen. Well, I had a question. Um, being that's twenty first century, what about the women? Because, In I terms mean, of the covenant with God and being circumcised. I I suspected somebody would ask that. Um, I would say you have to make the connection with uh, with the matriarchs, uh, Sarah, uh, Rebecca, and and Rachel and Leah. Uh, obviously, when you talk about a covenant with God, uh, it looks different for a, a woman than it, it does for a man. Uh, the external looks different. 
uh, internally it's exactly the same. So, uh, and by the way, in, in modern Judaism, uh, you have circumcision and the giving of a name to a, to a boy at circumcision. And then you have a separate uh, ceremony for the naming of, of a girl. Uh, because you realize things externally have to be done differently. Um, does that... So I guess women couldn't can, can brag. I mean, Paul talks about you know bragging about being circumcised. This just was to men only. Uh, no, because he is not only saying you who are circumcised, but you who say you are a Jew and who are under the Torah. So circumcision is only one part of of the identification. Uh, a woman would say, "I'm hot stuff because I I live." under the Torah, and, and I'm a Jew. Well, I think he actually lays out, I'm sorry, but a little more when you read what we just read from, he's saying, which a man or a woman could do, you claim that you are a teacher. Well, a woman could teach another woman or a young child. He, he gives about four or five other things that have nothing to do with the physicality, but do have to do with the starting statement of, I'm a Jew, I have the law, and I and I may not have A, but I have B, C, D, E, and F if women as a woman. At that well, time. well, they did. They did. They didn't do it to a man, but they did it with other women. There and was still the teaching. Yeah. There was still teaching going on from the Torah with with other women. Yeah, there was and, no exclusion or, or prohibition because of that. No, and the connection is, if, if you say you're a Jew, a Yehudi, uh, someone who is, uh, relates to God because you're someone who praises God, then it's going to be more than just a name or a label, but it's going to be something uh, that has to do with your calling, and God's calling for Israel was to be a light to the nations. So if you connect the dots, and then you see, yeah, a person who says, I'm a Jew, also has been called by God to be a light in darkness, uh, light to the nations. So, so yeah, it's, it's more than just uh, a badge. And, and the other thing I would say to you is, if you look in the, the Old Testament, if you will, look at Deborah. Look at other women who are clearly uh, acting... By by their actions, they are they are teaching, they are informing, they are. Now, granted, it may not have been in that physical setting of a synagogue or something of that nature, but if you're, and I'm not saying you want to be a women's liberal, that kind of thing, but if you're looking for that sort of thing, the the Old Testament is full of that. If you really open your eyes, no, I'm not a hardcore feminist. I'm no, just I'm curious. just saying. I'm, I'm just, I'm, just know, curious. God, God is clearly, even with the context of back to what Rabbi is saying, the context of the scripture, he gives a whole lot more, there's more meat there that, that engulfs women as well within being a Jew or an Israelite or your particular term. Um, so all that to say, ladies, <laughs> this applies to, to men and to women. Yes. Okay, I think we I think we got that, right? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Um, the other, the other thing that Paul does here was very much like Yeshua. Uh, in the Sermon on the Mount, in chapter five, uh, Yeshua says to uh, to the listener, "Okay, you're big stuff. You do the big ten. Uh, you don't murder. You don't commit adultery." And in chapter five, Yeshua says, "Well, let me show you how you really do commit murder." Anytime you look at someone and you say, that's so-and-so, no good for nothing, I want to... And Yeshua said, at that point you have already committed murder. And of course with, with adultery, uh, if you look at, at a woman, or a woman if you look at a man, uh, and you have all kinds of funky thoughts, then Yeshua says, you have already committed adultery. Paul does the same kind of thing here, because it's not just the identity as a Jew, it's also the fact that you have a call on your life. Um, and, and I want to extrapolate here for a minute. Um, this is something we can apply not only to Jew and Gentile. 
It is something we need to apply to any of us who have been put in a position of responsibility. Um, and remember what Yeshua said, if you're in a position of responsibility and you cause uh, a younger person or someone who is weaker in the faith to stumble, it would be better that a heavy millstone was hung around your neck and you were to drown. Say, whoa, okay. Um, and and so th this is part of part of the message here is he. I mean, he's talking to the Jewish people uh, uh, primarily here, but we need to extrapolate because. Um, Yeshua has called each of us to be light and darkness. And unfortunately for unbelievers around us, uh, you hear horror stories about people who, unbelievers who looked at, at, at believers and saw all kinds of stuff and they said, I'm not going there. These guys are hypocrites. Uh, they don't practice what they preach and so on and so forth. Again, there's balance there because none of us is perfect. However, um, Paul's message here is for all of us that when we, you know, it's like it's like the guys, uh, the people used to have uh, bumper stickers that said, uh, honk if you love Jesus, and then would weave and, and cut in front of you and do all these things and go, oh, that's what you mean. Um, that's exactly what I was going to say. That's why I don't put a fish on the back of my car. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Seen you on I-25. It's a good thing. Yeah. Remember, remember that uh, uh, you provide a, a, a huge testimony when you're driving. I learned to drive in New York City, so. Uh, <laughs> all right. Okay, let's go on to chapter 3 and uh, read verses uh, 1 to 9. And uh, Irene, would you read that for us, yes. please? What advantage, then, is there in being a Jew, or what value is there in circumcision? Much in every way. First of all, they have been entrusted with the very words of God. What if some did not have faith? Will their lack of faith nullify God's faithfulness? Not at all. Let God be true and every man a liar. As it is written, so that you may be proved right when you speak and prevail when you judge. But if our unrighteousness brings out God's righteousness more clearly, what shall we say? that God is unjust in bringing his wrath on us? I am using a human argument. Certainly not. If that were so, how could God judge the world? Someone might argue, if my falsehood enhances God's truthfulness and so increases his glory, why am I still condemned as a sinner? Why not say, as we are being slanderously reported as saying, and as some claim that we say, let us do evil that good may result. Their condemnation is deserved. Verse 9. Nine as well. What shall we conclude then? Are we any better? Not at all. We have already made the charge that Jews and Gentiles alike are all under sin. Okay. So you can see that Paul is a Jew because he talks on one hand, on the other hand. <laughs> uh, on one hand he says, circumcision is no big deal if... And here he says circumcision is a big deal. Um, why? Because being being part of Israel means that God has entrusted to you uh, the words, the oracles, the word of God, etc., etc. Um, and this, of course, refers to to Scripture, um, but it obviously refers to not only what has gone on before already but what will go on in the future because Isaiah tells us in chapter 2 in chapter 2 I don't know <laughs> uh, verse 2 uh, for the Torah will come forth from Zion the word of, of God from Jerusalem and all nations will stream and say come uh, 
let us go to the house of the Lord, etc. Uh, in other words, what has taken place in the past is going to continue. Uh, at this point, uh, you don't get a ton of spiritual messages coming from Israel per se, uh, but that's going to change and it's going to continue. So part of, again, application that I want to make here um, is that we forget that like the nation of Israel as a whole, we have been given the responsibility to be communicators of the Word of God. Now, we've talked about that from time to time, and I, I get the impression that folks have the attitude that says, well, uh, Michael has been called to be a communicator of the Word of God, and Rabbi Chaim and Rabbi David, but not me. Who am I? And the truth is, in one form or another, as disciple of Yeshua, we have been called to be communicators of the Word of God. Right? Amen. Yes. Um, A, uh, by our lifestyle, the people see that our lives are different. And second of all, as God gives us op opportunities, and we open our mouth, and the Spirit of God gives us the, the anointing, then yes, we we do communicate the word of God. Part of carrying the gospel is taking the words of reconciliation. It is the word of reconciliation. Remember that the early believers, the community, grew because there was persecution, and they fled everywhere. And where they fled, they shared the good the good news with people. So unfortunately, because we live 21st century, we have the notion of consumerism. You know. I'm a consumer. I go to King Supers, I go to Safeway, I, et cetera, et cetera, rather than I am one who is involved in producing this. Um, it's, it's what Isaiah in chapter 52 refers to, you who bear the holy things. The Word of God, folks, is holy. It's precious. And, and you and I have been called by God to be communicators of the Word of God. Uh, it's all about the Lord. You know, it's not because we are cute and clever and articulate and all of this, but it, the more we know the Lord, the more uh, we speak. Yeshua said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What the Lord has been putting into you, then it comes out and, and you communicate the Word of God. That was Israel's role, uh, as it is our role as well. And so Paul is saying, um, God has a special place for Israel. And so the folks who read chapter 2 and say, no, we are the Israel, uh, miss, miss chapter 3. Um, so verse 3, what, uh, what if some did not have faith? Will their lack of faith nullify God's faithfulness? And and I don't know about you, I, I'm glad that's in there. Because if if God was so weak that he could be toppled over by our stupidity, uh, we would huh? We would have crashed a long time ago. We would have crashed a long time ago. Um, and this is something, by the way, if you were here a uh, couple of Shabbatot ago where, where we talked about uh, the beginning of uh, uh, Romans 9. By the way, as you notice, uh, on Wednesday nights and on Shabbat morning, you'll see there's a lot of overlap. Things that are covered in chapter 2 and 3 are also, are also interwoven in chapter 9 and 10. Uh, in chapter 9, Paul says, has God's word uh, come to a screeching halt? course the answer is no um, and so here it's a little different but he says has the fact of their lack of faith nullify God's faithfulness now uh, can someone read 2nd Timothy 2.13 Steve you look like you're eager to volunteer all right well 2nd 2nd 
But evil men and impostors will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. Second Timothy two thirteen. Two. If we are faithful faithless, he remains faithful, but he cannot deny himself. Okay. What does that tell you? Why? Okay. Why does God remain faithful? Because that's his character. He can't go against his character. That's his character. He always keeps his yeah. Promises. Yeah. It, it is not possible for God to be faithless. Which means that even when we are faithless, you know, you get up in the morning and you're not feeling extremely spiritual. Uh, you didn't sleep well, you had a fight with the dog, and you, <laughs> you don't stand up and say, Lord, I'm reporting for duty, but you're uh, not exactly highly spiritual. Uh, God doesn't freak out at that point. Why? Because He is who He is. And uh, for me, you know, I, again, I keep coming back to the fact that Israel is... God's poster child of faithfulness. Uh, Jeremiah 31. Let's turn to that. I hope you've seen this once or twice before. Please, somebody. Raphael and what verse? 31 what? 31 1. 31 1. Oh, excuse me, 31 31. It may be 30 if you're reading from the trade block. Okay. Uh, yeah, from the tree It says. Well, we're going to start from 30 or 31. Uh, yes. <laughs> the days are coming. Well, it says the days are coming. Yeah, behold, behold, days are coming. It is a declaration of Bottom 9. When I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. Not like the covenant I made with their fathers, and the day I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. So they broke my covenant, though I was a husband to them. There's a declaration of Adonai. But this is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after those days. There's a declaration of Adonai. I will put my Torah within them. Yes, I will write it on their heart. I will be their God, and they will be my people. No longer will each teach his neighbor or, his, or each his brother saying, No, I don't know. For they will all know me, from the least of them to the greatest. It is a declaration of Adonai. For I will forgive their iniquity, their sin I will, be, I will remember no more. So, uh, what, what the Lord is saying here, here is, Israel screwed up big time. They broke the covenant. You know, uh, and by all means, by all rights, I, I had the right to divorce them, to say, get out of here, beat it, I, uh, I'm never going to see you again. Uh, and, and instead, what, what does the Lord say here in the New Covenant? In other words, you guys screwed up, but I have a goof-proof ways to get around it. Idiot-proof, whatever. Uh, and, and, and this is part of what, what Paul is saying. Uh, yes, he is dealing with the fact that lots of his own people are rejecting Yeshua at this point. But he's saying over and over here, and then in chapter 9, 10, 11, God is bigger than that. God is bigger than that. He can find a way to get around our cluelessness and our sin. Um, and, and that... that uh, demonstrates the fact that, that God has every right to judge and to discipline. Now, unfortunately, a lot of times folks understand that for Israel. You know, Israel uh, committed uh, spiritual adultery and God sent a plague or, or God sent the, the pagan nations after them. But today... We live under grace, and God doesn't do these things. Right? Wrong. 
Wrong. Okay. One place. One place. First Corinthians chapter eleven. Verses uh, 28 to 30. Okay, Jeff. Let a person examine himself then, and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body, eats and drinks judgment on himself. That is why many of you are weak and ill, and some have died. Okay. Now, by the way, the, the correct translation is not just a few of you have died. A whole mess of you have died. Okay, why? Because they were taking something precious. Okay, uh, John? Because they were eating and drinking judgment upon themselves. Okay, well, we're not quite sure what that looked like. You kind of get the impression that they came there and one of the... <laughs> Scarf the bread and, and, and guzzle the wine. Uh, and and first century uh, believers had uh, the Lord's Supper as part of a, a larger meal, yeah, a fellowship meal. Um, and again, remember, these guys were clueless. They were not raised according to the Torah. They had no clue what standards of holiness were like. Uh, in fact, we know from chapter 5 that they were convinced that the more stupid they were spiritually, uh, the more God loved them and the more spiritual they were. Uh, That's why, huh? that why there's that verse, um, let us sin more so grace by or where it uses it in the negative, about sinning more so grace will abound. No. That's actually in, in Romans, but, uh, but yeah, so... The Corinthians in particular, my favorite villains, by the way, um, had absolutely no clue. And so uh, Paul is saying to them, guys, it, these are holy things. You come and not that you're going to sit there and microanalyze yourself and, and say, did I say uh, darn that gummit this week and can I you know, have Yeshua's supper? Uh, we're talking about big stuff. God doesn't make people sick or kill people, but just for, for light things. And so my point is, here you have uh, Gentile believers primarily who experience severe judgment by God because of their sin. And this is not the only place in the New Covenant where judgment by God is mentioned as something that happens to his children to believers today yeah um, the term grace abuse would, would that apply where I think a lot of uh, Christians say well I'm already forgiven so what does it matter I live under grace so I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna do it because I'm already forgiven that works I mean the term grace abuse yes definitely Cheap grace, um, and and so th this is a number of uh, passages. First uh, Peter four seventeen. Let judgment begin in the household of God. Uh, Hebrews chapter two. Um, you guys better be scared if if you don't get the fact that this is something special. Because if God judged the Israelites, what do you think is going to happen to you? So there are all kinds of examples. The point is, Paul is saying to, to, these, uh, to these folks in chapter 3, it shifted uh, from speaking to Jews, speaking to Gentiles here. He's saying to them, um, what makes you think that God is not warranted, that he doesn't have the right to judge you? Um, He has the right. He has the right. In verse verse seven, yeah, uh, John, you, we were seeing something like that in in chapter five, a couple of chapters later. Some might even argue 
if my falsehood enhances God's truthfulness and so increases His glory, uh, why am I still con condemned as a sinner? Uh, and furthermore, let us do evil that good may result. Kind of uh, backwards thinking, isn't it? Yes. Um, and, and there are all kinds of examples of believers who, who have that kind of a perspective. Um, and by the way, uh, apparently people misunderstood Paul because when Paul talks about freedom and grace, they, they assumed that, that he was speaking about cheap grace. And he's saying that's why people slanderously interpret us to mean that do whatever. Uh, and he's saying to them, absolutely not. That's not what we're saying. Um, we're all under sin. We all have, we all experience, have the right to experience God's judgment. Um, and part of the bizarre thinking here is that that some people were thinking of. Um, um, come back to verse five. If our right, unrighteousness brings out God's righteousness more clearly, now what does that mean? It's kind of like the light becomes brighter if I act darkly. Yeah. Which is yeah, it's a bad idea. That's a terrible idea. <laughs> it's like you want God's stick? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, think about the foolishness of this. God looks awfully uh, wonderful uh, because I am because a tad above a uh, an earthworm. I had a question. Sir? Were most of the people that he was talking to and referring to in Romans, like the Jews, and maybe there were some non-Jews that were there when he was writing this letter or reading it out loud. However it happened, were they mostly like Hellenistic kind of teachings involved? Uh, it seems like he's bringing up these questions and these kind of dialogue yeah it seems like it's more like uh, something that you would hear Aristotle or someone you know like Plato or you know just that kind of deductive thinking you know just it, it, and, it and seems that's like it I don't know why but it seems like that's how he's trying to talk to the, the Jews here and this because I'm assuming that the letter to Romans is just to Jewish people at a, at, a, at a synagogue in Rome no. at the time, or it was no. not? Um, as best as we can determine, uh, at this point, uh, most of the community of believers were Gentile. At that time? At that time. Because okay. part of what happened is that uh, the Emperor Claudius uh, threw out the Jewish community and then, and then brought them back. Uh, apparently there were some Jews who are part of the believing community here, which is why he says, but you who are who are a Jew, uh, in chapter 3, yeah. he, he switches back again okay. uh, to speaking to, to Gentiles, because you know that anybody who was raised as a Jew under the Torah is not going to make, I mean, they, they made other stupid statements, but they will not make a statement such as, if I'm absolutely ugly, then God will look real good. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't seem like that. No, so, so yeah, you have a shift here. Um, but but uh, part of the issue is, uh, through these chapters, Paul is, is basically showing that we're, to one extent or another, we're in the same boat. Um, our, sin, our, our sin stinks. And, and that we need lots of grace from the Lord. However, we don't we do, we don't want to take His grace um, cheaply um, because God's judgment comes on on believers as it did on the people of Israel. In fact, let me stretch it a little bit. Uh, what we forget was that Israel was in gross sin for 400 years 
before God brought down the, the, the boom. From the time of Solomon until, until the first uh, exile to, by the Assyrians, you're looking at about 300 or 400 years before God acted severely. And according to the Torah, especially in Leviticus 26, he had every right to do that. In fact, he had promised, you guys keep on doing that, I'm going to throw you out. But he waited 300 years before he, he did that. Do you talk about God's grace shown to a, a group of people over and over and over and over again? Um, the mercy that leads to repentance. It is what what we look for that the mercy would lead to repentance. Um, so, again, look at the cockamamie uh, arguments that Paul is getting that, that he's trying to respond. Uh, if verse 5, if our unrighteousness brings out God's righteousness more clearly, what should we say is God unjust and bring His wrath upon us? In other words, uh, this is like a uh, West Side Story. Uh, there's one song, uh, Officer Kropke. You know, where, where the, the hoodlums in the gang are saying, uh, nothing wrong, uh, no reason for you to get down on me because my mother was this, my father was this, and, and I, I am, you know... I'm a product. Got, huh? I'm a product. I'm a product. And so... Uh, you have some of this Officer Krupke mindset here on the part of these folks who are saying, you know, uh, God can't blame me. Uh, my ugliness makes him look good, so therefore he should not judge. And, uh, and, and therefore, if he does judge, then he is not being just. So this is the, the silly question that we get into from time to time about God's justice. And there are several places um, in, in Genesis 18 with God's dialogue with, with Abraham and then Ezekiel 18 uh, where Ezekiel responds to people who say the way of the Lord is not just. And Paul is saying the same thing. People have the chutzpah to sin and then say, God, your ways are not just. And his point is, um, you, you have no business to say anything at all about God's justice because you look at yourself and you, and you realize that what you deserve is God's judgment. Um, and of course, uh, you, you may notice that Paul here is quoting from uh, Psalm 51, which is the penitential psalm, uh, where David is, is begging for God's mercy um, because he sinned but um, I'll, I'll just finish with this thought um, the people who say that God can use anything for his glory are right and are not right they're right in that in that God can use anything for his purposes including our sin, including our ugliness. But by the same token, uh, God's standards have to be upheld. And for us who go by God's name, just like Israel, uh, we, have, we have a great responsibility. Because the world is going to see us and they can either see the Lord reflected in us or else they'll see all kinds of garbage and they say I have no reason to be attracted to the God that they worship mm -hmm. so is God merciful yes does God, can God use anything and everything yes does God judge today yes and all of that has to be put together somehow in how we consider our relationship with the Lord mm -hmm. well let's finish Dear Lord, we thank you because you are uh, so faithful and so gracious. We all uh, walk around and stumble and fall and you pick us up and, and uh, extend that grace and we deserve judgment. 
We thank you for opening our eyes and our ears, Lord. Help the good word to sink in deeply and and bear much fruit, Lord, that uh, we're not just consumers of the word, Lord, but that fruit would be shared with the hurting world around us for the rest of the week and the rest of the month and the rest of the year. And that all glory would come to your name. Yeah. And we pray this in the name. Amen. Amen.